I went vegetarian right away, maybe um, a little bit of fish. And then like after one day of just eating a bit of fish, I was like, no, I'm done. And I just cut out within a week. I went from like pescatarian to completely vegan because mm. it just it just every time I had an animal product just didn't feel good. And I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And all, and I, f- I felt like I was living again. Like I was digesting for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was not bloated and in pain. And I had energy. I was l- waking up. The first few days, I remember I, I had head- headaches. And I think it was just, you know, like maybe detoxing yeah. or maybe not eating enough. Because at the beginning, I was making these random salads because I had no clue what to do. And and then it, it was just, it just made sense. And I just felt, I just felt that what I was like I loved animals and and I I cared about the planet and everything and like I was more true to myself to my own person and it just made sense welcome to the eat green make green podcast I'm your host Pat McCauley This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. All right, welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I am coming at you from Singapore this week. I got a good one coming. I reconnected. Uh, with my good friends over here, Luke and Emily Tan. Um, if you haven't followed the podcast uh, since kind of the beginning, uh, Luke was one of the first 10 episodes I ever did uh, the last time I was over here. So his episode uh, is number nine. So if you want Luke's full story, um, go, to, go to my website or, or just scroll back uh, on iTunes or whatever to episode uh, nine. So this episode, we focus more on... Um, Emily's story um, in, in her journey, uh, just because we had already kind of covered Luke's in a previous episode. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Luke is a fellow vegan entrepreneur, has his hands in a lot of um, entrepreneurial um, things, you know, spreading the, spreading the good word about uh, plant-based living. Uh, he's also a CrossFit competitor and does um, a number of other um, athletic uh, competitions and whatnot. Uh, his wife, Emily, is this crazy ultra-endurance runner. Um, they live in Singapore now um, and are uh, raising uh, their daughter, who's almost a year old. Um, and they both just have awesome stories, so I, I think you're going to love this one. Uh, we talk about Emily's life growing up as a competitive speed skater. So she actually spent from like the age of 9 to her early 20s um, trying to make, uh, to, to get to the Olympics, to make the Canadian Olympic team, um, as a, as a speed skater. Um, and we talk about how she was always told during that time, just like anybody that, you know, has had, you know, has has competed in serious athletics, kind of the norm is the high protein, low carb. So she was actually told, um, while competing to eat horse meat. And it was just this, you know, constant high protein, low carb to, you know, maximize performance and all that. Um, after kind of her, um, you know, sort of, uh, 12, 15 years, however long it was, uh, trying to, uh, make the Olympics. Um, once that stopped, she kind of, you know, like most athletes who 
whose kind of careers and, and life comes to an end after their sport ends, uh, she ended up moving to Melbourne and, and trying to kind of uh, find what was next in life. Uh, and that's where she met Luke. Uh, Luke was a personal trainer uh, in Melbourne at the time. Um, and uh, she actually made kind of a, an effort again to get back into speed skating while in Australia um, and tried to make the um, national team for Australia. Uh, but she, at the time, again, with that high-protein, low-carb, you know, bunch of meats and, and that sort of thing, uh, was having digestive issues and other health issues. And, and Luke being, you know, a personal trainer and in kind of the bodybuilding scene, uh, that was very much his norm, too. So when they kind of moved in together and started, started living together, like, that was, that was it, you know. Um, you know, meats for breakfast and meat all day and eggs and, you know, all the dairy and all kind of the, you know, crap that we're told we, we need to eat to be strong and perform as athletes and whatnot. Um, we talk about what sparked Emily and Luke's uh, journey into plant-based um, and how they both kind of uh, made the shift somewhat around the, the same time. Um, how Emily, since that switch to a plant-based diet, has just found this new sense of energy and aliveness, and now she actually competes in ultra-endurance races, and she's, like, a serious competitor, like, you know, a very, like, top-in-the-world ultra-runner now. Um, you know, she just recently did a 100K race. She has another 100K uh, race on the books, and for those that don't know the mile equivalent, that's about a 63-mile uh, race, and she'll do that at an under an eight-minute pace, which is just absurd. Uh, we talk about how they've raised their daughter vegan um, and kind of sorted the process there and with doctors telling them certain things and um, just how she went a, a, about, um, you know, giving birth on, on a vegan diet because I know a lot of people have concerns about that um and how they've also you know raised their daughter who's almost one now and just you know full of energy and totally a hundred percent thriving um and she's been you know vegan her whole life and uh why a vegan lifestyle is all about being true to yourself uh this is a great episode emily and luke are just so impressive uh very inspirational people um um very lucky to call them my friends, and um, I think I've given a, a long enough intro here. <laughs> I hope I didn't lose people, um, so I'll let them tell the rest. Without further ado, the incredible Luke and Emily Tan. All right, I am here with Emily and Luke. Hello. It's good to see you guys again. Likewise, your beads of sweat running down your I'm, forehead. I'm sweating my ass off. <laughs> Luke just took me through some uh, some crazy ass wad. Yeah, we, we, you know, it was it looked good on paper. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah, I'll take the photo of it and say I almost finished it. I look pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was fun though. And granted that it was like quite. I would I would say it was at least what 33 to 32 degrees out there when we were doing the, the kettlebell swings. Celsius, right? Yeah, Celsius, 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 Celsius. So, Celsius, so I'll talk. So 90 degrees. 90 degrees Fahrenheit. And in here it feels like. It feels like 110. Yeah, yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Just it does. losing every ounce of, of fluid. Good I have job, to though. Good <clears throat> job, man. I tried to hang with you, man. I tried Good to job. hang. And you jet lagged as well. I think you're, you're working on a different time zone than I am. So 
Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, thanks for having me in. No, thank you. Well, thank yeah, you. You guys, you guys got a, a great spot here. And, and yeah. for people listening, that was a home, little home gym set up outside. Yeah. That's cool. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> That's what happens when you're a dad or your parents and you don't really get much time to go to the box. So you bring the box home. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, so for people listening, Luke, you were on... Do you remember what episode number? I can't remember. Yeah. I think when you first came to Singapore. Yeah, and it, and it was serendipitously, you know, it's one of the first like 10 episodes I ever yeah, did. Yeah, it was, it was. So it was early on that, that we it connected was. and, uh, yeah. you know, so you were, you've, you've been a starter this whole thing for me, you know? So, yeah, well, it's awesome, man. So and look you. at you now as well. I mean, you're about to, in, in a few months time, you're going to have a, a beer hall. Uh, man, I just hear I, I, my, I'm just thirsting right now for some craft beer. After after the episode, yeah, yeah, after the, after the episode for sure. So uh, I want to get into as I was just saying, I have no script, but uh, for for people that don't know Emily, can we kind of start with you and get kind of your story, where you're from, where you grew up, uh, maybe lifestyle growing up, that sort of stuff, and then kind of uh, when you met Luke, and we can sort of go from there and that sort of stuff. All right, let's yeah. start from the beginning. So I'm born and raised in Longueuil, which is uh, south shore of Montreal, Canada. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm French-Canadian. Everybody's confused by the accent, though. Yes. <laughs> yes so I spent eight years in Australia later in life. <clears throat> and, yeah. uh, you know, like, you're a sponge. When, when English is not your first language, I think you're a sponge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I don't sound as French Canadian as, uh, as, as I could sound, uh, but yeah, I'm totally, I'm, uh, we say pure land, so pure wool, French Canadian. Um, so yeah, born and raised in Montreal. Um, I've always been a very energetic kid. Uh, so my parents knew that they needed to, um, get my energies to, to good use. So mm. at the age of nine, I watched the Little Hammer Olympics. Uh, 1994 and I said I want to go to the Olympics so they they put me in a sport so I decided to do speed skating short track speed skating um, which is a pretty popular sport in Canada and uh, pretty quickly I showed aptitude and uh, yes yeah, so that was my life from 1995 to 2006 so um, from so from 9 to 20 20 exactly yeah. wow uh, that was my life uh, the, I was going to school but my whole focus I'm I'm somebody who's really full-on I have trouble putting my eggs in different I put all my eggs in the same mm. basket so I was I loved it I was gonna go to the Olympics and I I did not but I came pretty close in some way so I did I I was on the oh. junior Me. national team I was on the junior national team for three years I went to the world junior championships for three years in a row uh, I finished fifth in uh, my second time I went, I was in Hungary. Wow. Um, yeah, I was doing pretty well. Um, I went to the Canada Games and I, was, uh, I won the most medal. I was the athlete who won the most medals uh, for that edition. Wow. Um, so I had a bright future in front of me, they thought. But So how many, how many games? Two games? So there was uh, Canada Games. Canada Games, yeah. yeah. So it's like the Olympics, but just for Canada. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I was representing my province, <clears throat> Quebec. Gotcha. Uh, that yeah. was in 2003. Um, so for us, it's pretty big in Canada. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I did, I did pretty well. I, but at some point a few things happened and everything. And I just, um, I just, I just lost focus and, and I was not, now that I look back, like I, I was, 
I had a very good, like I was very endurant and everything, but a few things were lacking. So I was not as aggressive as I should be um, compared to my, to like, so Canada is so competitive in speed skating that you have to have the whole package in order to make the Olympic team. So I probably would have made the Olympic team in every, any other countries, uh, but Canada. Like I yeah. needed to be on Canada that Canada is the winter edge. sports, like capital of the world yeah and especially yeah. for speed short track speed skating i think we basically invented the sport us in america like it started in the 60s and yeah like so so yeah i, I was just not at that pointy pointy edge um but I, i'm really thankful for what speed skating gave me for like the the love of sport the love of moving um like I, it's always my my baseline so I always need to be active. Like a lot of people ask me, like, how do you wake up in the morning and train? Or da, da, da. And I said, it's because it's part of me. And I think that's yeah. what speed skating uh, taught me. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few, there's a few things. But uh, if we interwind that with, with um, veganism and the whole thing, um, when I was a speed skater, I've never liked meat. I was like, so I, when I was a speed skating, I was also like really conscious of what I was eating and at some point too much, but that's, that's another story. But um, I had a coach who was not the best person, but he, he believed that. So I was uh, often uh, cooking tofu for my family and everything because that's what I preferred, like, like vegetarian meals. Mm. But he was always telling me like, you know, this is not real protein. Uh, you need like real protein to be strong, so he was uh, he was uh, forcing me to eat horse meat. Horse meat? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I just I just have this thing. I needed to to cook a lot of horse meat because that was like what was make, gonna <clears throat> make me strong and everything. And they had tofu, so it was not real protein. Um, so that's yeah. that's that that was always was, in the back of yeah. Me. It was the classic yeah. athletic. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's that really is worldwide, right? For sure. Especially during that time. Yeah. It's like you need to, like I had a trainer every time after my workout, he'd say, go eat something that died. Yes. Like literally oh, wow. would say wow. that, you know, that was his, wow. you know, kind of joking about it at the same time. But like, yeah, yeah, it was like, you know, within 90 minutes, you better get, you know, yeah. steak or chicken or that fish or exactly whatever, it. you know, yeah. but horse meat, that's next level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's normal for French people, I think like, well, I mean, we, we kind of have some, our culture is, is 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 very influenced by the French culture, um, so it, it was a little more normal. Yeah, to eat horse. It's yeah. not like wow, but uh, like game meat was very. It's it's in Canada. It's very prized. Um, so yeah, so that's what he was highly recommending, and so that's always been. I always told myself when I quit speed skating, then I'll be a vegetarian because mm. then I'll I won't need to be strong and eat real protein. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's how we were being told, and there was always this case that it would always bring back to us that there was this one speed skater that once became a vegetarian, and because of that, her performance went down. Yeah. And then when she started eating meat again, then she was fine. So they always were bringing back that story to us. Yeah. So that's it's always to scare us. <clears throat> Do not become a vegetarian. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It was. I mean, just playing sports yeah. my entire life too. It was just never. Yeah. It was never even an option. Yeah. Right. Nobody even considered it. Mm. You know, being possible. You know, yeah. I can't even imagine on like an Olympic level. You know, it's that's crazy. Oh, first, yeah, no. So, yeah. so, so you move. When do you move uh, from Canada? So I, so when I quit skating, I kind of lost myself. So I started, I needed to stop making money. I left home. I wanted to be on my own. And, but I, I, it's like I caught up everything that I did not do as a teenager. I caught up to me. So I was like partying and 
and I started working in because I wanted to make some good money. So back back in North America, working in restaurants and bars is actually it pays really well because yeah. you make a lot of tips. But it comes with the lifestyle as well. So you live at night. Um, you work like so I worked in a cigar lounge and like we would go out and just drink after our shift and it was just like that and I just felt I was stuck in a rut um, I started a few degrees that I did not finish and I just went all over the place and I needed a new a fresh start uh, and that's when I decided that I was going to move somewhere really far and I was just thinking like do I go in western Canada or like and one, I remember talking with one of my friends, an Australian that I met in Melbourne, uh, in Montreal, and he was telling me, "Nah, it's like that's just the same country. Just go, go as far as possible. Go, go to Australia." So I was like, "Oh, I never thought of it." Like, but I, I was like, "Oh, all I knew from Australia was like geography and like kangaroos and koalas." So I was like, "Sounds good." Mm. So I took a one-way ticket. Um, it's not even recommended, but I didn't know that. I took a one-way ticket, <laughs> got my um, got my my working visa for one year, like working holiday. You can do that when you're under thirty. Um, and then I went there with just a backpack, and I think I had like three thousand dollar in my bank account or something yeah. like, pretty bad like that. Um, and then yeah, just went there and started. And I first year I just moved around. Um, and then, yeah, and that's it. And it, I, I did a lot of work on myself while I was there as well. So, like, uh, it was just, um, I felt really lonely at some point, but I think I really needed that to just really found what what I'm all about. And it's still in, it's still in work, but I, I really feel like I needed to do that move to, like, get out of that rut and, yeah, and just, like, reconstruct myself in some ways. And, um, yeah, so the first year I was just, traveling traveling and just seeing different and I was working like I would go I would stay two or three months one place do some hospitality work and then just you know like and then move down and then and then finally I moved to Melbourne and that's where I stayed for I think seven years and that's where I met Luke Um, and were you in hospitality still uh, yes, yes, I worked in all kinds of stuff I I worked as a travel agent too because um yeah that's one of the things that I did. I, I worked in different things, always like customer service oriented. Yeah. Kind of stuff. And still, still partying still or not as much? Not as much. Like on the first year that I was there, yeah, I partied a lot, but as well, like I got back in touch with what I was. So I just started like, cause I, I was quite out of shape. Uh, I've never been fat, but I was not in good shape. Yeah. Um, cause I was, you know, I was drinking a lot and that kind of stuff. But then I started going to the gym and doing all those less meals classes, you know, like body pump and that kind of stuff. And it just felt so good. Like I got the feeling, I get the endorphins and yeah. everything. And I just, and then even when I was traveling and drinking, I remember going to, um, this place called Fraser Island. Any people who's gone, who've gone backpacking around Australia, have done the Fraser Island trip. It's a backpacker's dream. So you just get pissed drunk during the day. You just you know, and even at night, and you drink like cask wine, and you, and yeah. you, you use the the, the 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 bag as a pillow. I remember like the worst hangover, <laughs> worst hangover of my life. And I and I woke up and went for an hour <clears throat> run. Wow! It was as I said, it was my it's my baseline, and but then it came back to me, and that and slowly like I just found how like exercise and training is good for me, and just step more and more away from from like lifestyle, partying and, yeah. and a bad lifestyle yeah, yeah. so yeah so, just so when do you when do you meet this hunk over here mm. <laughs> yeah um i think i it was like in 2010 
think so. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I had been in Australia for almost two years, and um, I had yeah. So we just he was my two of my friends' personal trainer, and they just kept on talking to me about him, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Luke Tan, Luke Tan." I, was <laughs> I wasn't Luke. I was Luke Tan. <laughs> my, my full and first and last name. So so you had you were born in Singapore. I was born in Singapore, and then yeah, just so for people that uh, haven't haven't heard your didn't listen to the previous episode, just yep. a quick. You moved over to... I moved in 1998, 1999. I think I went there for, for studies. I finished my, my conscription, my national service, and went there for, to further my studies. And I finished my degree in Bachelor of Arts in Communication. And basically, 16 years later, um, I pretty much got a job there and, and started a life there. And, and yeah, I mean, um, half my life was in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I went into the fitness industry Pretty much, I was kind of forced to get into the fitness industry partly because of the 2008 global financial crisis. I lost my job and I was in events management and I lost my job and there was no events. And so I think that was a time that I needed to kind of reassess where I was at. And fitness was always kind of in my blood, you know, being a person, uh, being a doing gym when I was young, when I was a teenager, um, decided to pursue a, a career in fitness and just re got back to school and fast forward, I became a personal trainer and yeah. trained two of her friends. I remember approaching two of her friends, um, Nicola and, and Celia. Celia, Celia. And then um, I got introduced to Emily and they were saying, oh, my friends actually, she was at that time, Emily was... I was doing it. So I was doing a, a comeback in speed skating because um, I was missing. I knew yeah, how, I was how missing. How old are you at this point? I was 25, I think. 25, okay. Yeah, so that was in 2010. Yeah, so you decided to try to get back into speed skating. Yes. Yeah. So I decided like for Australia this time, um, yeah. I was deciding like I want to get back. I knew I wanted to get back to the structure of training. Yeah. And I thought all I knew for me was speed skating. And so I decided to go... Uh, I. I did everything like I I um, put a lot of money aside for that, and I contacted the national sport and uh, the national uh, coach. I moved up to Brisbane uh, for a couple months. So the the start of our relationship, we were apart. So I was in Brisbane and he was in Melbourne, uh, which was good for a few months. And then the national center moved down to Melbourne, so I could go back to Melbourne. But yeah, so it started like that like i was i was uh, speed skating again the whole thing lasted probably like i think a uh, um, a year and a half or something where i I, dis I discovered what i was missing was the structure of training but not speed skating itself mm. i but i needed to to close the chapter of this, this chapter of my life the speed skating chapter like i was just like because i wanted to qualify for the 2014 uh, olympics in sochi um but yeah i just realized like i just, I didn't, didn't have the motivation. Yeah, like I, no. I Coupled don't. with the fact that you were on a pretty poor diet yeah. as well. Yeah. That, that adds to that because uh, Luke was a, a personal trainer and was a, a bodybuilder. And as I, re yeah, as I recall, you started training yeah. Emily. Yeah, I started yeah. training Emily. And then you guys started mixing business business with pleasure. Well, <laughs> as, as I recall. Yeah. In, in a sense, yeah, I think when I was mentored by one of my... Um, one of the, by, by a senior personal trainer saying never date your clients so what happened <laughs> um, so I met Emily but I think that guy married his, his, uh, his client as yeah, well yeah so. I think it happens in the fitness you guys are breaking just breaking all the rules yeah, yeah well, I broke all the rules but at the same time I think once I, I drew that line it was just like once she we were going out I, I obviously 
she was no my, my no more my client in that sense. You would train and, yeah. me for free. I, I would so. train her for free, and yeah. and there were times that I made her cry as well. Apparently, <laughs> during training because I was a really really um, sergeant. I was like a real sergeant, and because I was in a strength and conditioning coach, PICP one, PICP two. Um, so under the Paula Quinn kind of um, kind of school of school of training, I would say, and I was pushing her pretty hard. And I think there was once that I pushed you till you cried uh, a few times, <laughs> more than once. And it's just yeah. But then as, again, I w- I will blame it all on the diet because um, he was like really like just high protein, low carb, like just pretty much yeah. Just, like shocking wilted. looking at yeah, what classic, I, I mean the, yeah, right? classic, yeah, classic, classic, classic. And it was wilted yeah. vegetables. It was, it was just such poor yeah. quality. Like we we would just go like and I as I said I've always disliked meat. When I was on my own before I met him, I would eat very little meat. I was not a vegetarian, but I would just eat very little meat. I was mostly most I was mostly plant based ish. As when I met him, I started like, you know, we lived together pretty right, pretty much right away when I moved back to Melbourne and I was cooking for him. So I had to cook like all the meat. So I ended up eating like him and I thought, cause I wanted to be, to be lean for speed That's skating, yeah. but it was just not working. I was always like a couple, a couple kilos over what I wanted to be. But mm. I didn't understand, and, and we're just like cutting we, carbs, cutting carbs, and I had and trying zero to play around energy. with different carbs, trying to play with different supplements, oh. different macronutrient ratios, and I remember and I could not up, digest anything. We'll wake, yeah. up, we'll wake up like five a.m. We bought this flavor wave. I oh, think yeah. this flavor wave and is like a, a broiler. So we, the, we oh. bought a. We used to go to Costco because the amount of meat that we ate we couldn't really like. It was it was you just were a buying lot. It in bulk. I was buying. I was buying yeah. in bulk. Oh, so from the cheap and freezing it. Yeah, yes. pricing tri tip. We got the tri tip, and I was like, every time I'm going to Costco, it's like, yes, we've got the tri tip, a tray for like 15 bucks. We've got six strips in there. Yeah. So we had, we like, first at 5 a.m., we'll just broil that in our little flavor with a butter a, on a, it. A, a knob of organic butter. It's like, because, mm. you know, butter was good and yeah, saturated. Butter's back. Butter's back. Yeah, butter was yeah, back. Yeah, right, right. And yeah. no wonder. And I remember. <laughs> and I remember, I, and I would have like speed skating training really early in the morning and I always felt so dizzy on the eyes. I had zero, I, and I could not recover and I would put that on the, on, I was like, because I'm old, because I'm, I'm 25 yeah. years old. Uh, in speed skating, it's not even old. Like there's there's a, a guy from Canada who just did his last Olympics, Charles Amelin, and he's my age, so he's turning. He just turned thirty four. Yeah. And he's great, you know. Like twenty five is not old, but I was just like, oh, I'm not. Yeah, that's what you blame it on, right? Yeah. The years of of uh, you know. Yeah. Of pounding, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, it's because I'm I'm twenty. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. Like I'm not recovering. Da da da. So it was just, and, and I'm so, like now I'm looking back and I'm like stupid, but you know, I, I was just, it was too f- close on my face. I couldn't see. And then just the, I just, yeah, it was just awful. I had zero endurance. And when you look, when you, when you think about it, like uh, any sprint, any sport that is mostly sprint and strength, um, a low carb diet is just ridiculous. Mm. You need a, this, this glycogen and everything. And I was just never replenishing it. And it's just, it was just wrong. But, you know, so, but, and then, I, and then I had, I could not digest and it was just really bad. And so we were on, I was on all these supplements, like it was hundreds of dollars a month because like for digesting enzymes yeah. and HCL and, and like 
and like glut- glutamine I think it was just because my gut was so messed up and so then, we like, went on all sorts of different pro- um, protocols to help because yeah, she was holding a little bit of oh, yeah. body fat in her thighs and, as well and yeah, you're and I was just like, yeah I was like oh I just cannot detox my estrogen probably yeah and of course and of course it's like it can't be the lean meat right no, it no, can't no, be no, all that not. lean of meat of course not that's it's, it's a protocol no. so we got to find the right <laughs> protocol and I'm just yeah. eating so clean you know like zero carbs and da 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 and like wilted vegetables and but it was funny because um uh, i i i remember it was just when i went to get my blood work done at one point and i got and i had high ldl cholesterol and i still having high ldl cholesterol it didn't really ring any alarm bells for me i just just still justified that you know it was, it was so clean yeah i'm still eating clean as ldl <laughs> exactly. cholesterol is not really yeah. an issue and i actually had actually had cysts um, around my body as well. Uh, I didn't really think, I didn't so, really... Tr- yeah, what, can you explain a cyst? Because this is something I used to have. Yeah. And, you know, eventually went away when I changed yeah. my diet. But I had like, like little balls. On yeah, 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 exactly. I had, I had like one behind my ear. Mm-hmm. I had, um, I had one, one on like my, my, uh, my calf. Like they yeah. were like, sort of just scattered all over exactly. my body. Exactly. And yeah, I was told they were mobile cysts. Yeah. And there were nothing to worry about. Exactly. I was told by my doctor. I brought went to my doctor. I was like, "What are these cysts?" I was just like, "My inner thigh and yeah. my arm." I, I didn't. I, I I didn't really pay attention to it. But what I found funny was only in retrospect now that I realized the cysts had gone. Yeah, exactly. That I realized that hey, you know maybe there was a connection there. I mean, the doctor did say, you know, these are just retention cysts and you don't really need to worry about it. But who knows if I would have continued with that lifestyle, those cysts could yeah. have um, met. I'm not sure what, what could have <laughs> yeah. happened. Yeah. But I like, yeah. like the way I looked at it, like looking back on the same thing, it's like, mm. yeah, maybe I didn't know what they were, but they were they they shouldn't have been. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, exactly. Like, it wasn't right. like natural. Yeah. yeah, and every doctor told me like you know oh, it's not it's not cancerous. Don't yeah, worry exactly. About it. Exactly. And I was like, it's not normal. It shouldn't be. There. Yeah, it should, there's yeah. something off. Yeah, yeah. and okay. I of course I didn't connect of you know my diet to that. But, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. So when does when does sort of plant based creep in here? What? And I remember I just got engaged and I I my my digestion was getting so bad and it was just. I'm and I'm hypochondriac, <laughs> and I I thought I was gonna I was like yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have um, colon cancer. Yeah, like I, I remember thinking, at one point you I were thought, saying I was like I have I've cancer. Got, this because, is this is bad, and yeah. I I lost I lost uh, I had lost somebody from colon cancer, and I was just like this is not looking good, and I was freaking out. Yeah, and I was just like that's it. I had need to do something, so I researched a little bit, and I saw. I, I saw a girl on Facebook that I knew and she, she was a vegan and first I was like, how can she survive? And sometimes mm. she showed pictures of her meals and it was just fruits and I was like, well, it's so, so much sugar, like she'll be fat and she looked amazing and her skin was so clear and she was much older than me and she, I was like, what? So I, I looked into it, started looking at videos and as a lot of people back in those days who became vegan back in those days, I watched uh, Duran Ryder and Freely, mm-hmm. um, Australians and... Um, I was just like, wow, like you can be healthy and have a lot of energy and everything and just eating. They, and back then they were uh, fruitarians. So I was like, wow. And I started just reading about it and I got the food revolution, John Robbins. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, it makes sense. And it just, it just felt like, and then right away I started, like I was mostly, I, I think 
I went vegetarian right away, maybe um, a little bit of fish. And then like after one day of just eating a bit of fish, I was like, no, I'm done. And I just cut out within a week. I went from like pescatarian to completely vegan because mm. it just, it just, every time I had an animal product just didn't feel good. And I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And all, and I, f- I felt like I was living again. Like I was digesting for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was not bloated and in pain and I had energy. I was l- waking up the first few days. I remember I, I had head- headaches and I think it was just, you know, like maybe detoxing yeah. or maybe not eating enough because at the beginning I was making these random salads because <clears throat> I had no clue what to do. And, and then it, it was just, it just made sense. And I just felt, I just felt that what I was like, I loved animals and, it, and I, I cared about the planet and everything. And like I was more true to myself, to my own person, and it just made sense. But at the same time, I was really worried because Luke and I had just gotten engaged, and we were we were planning our wedding, and I was becoming so different from him in his lifestyle. Yeah. And I was really worried, but I was I was telling myself I am not going to put pressure. I even told him I'm still going to cook for you, cook some meat for you. Like I still was able to do it. And quickly, he became interested. So he was like talking around, and he was talking to this girl. And that he, he probably told the story in the last in in the first podcast. But he got introduced. Somebody said, "You guys should watch Hurtlings," and then mm. we watched it together. And then right away, like for him, it was. I'm he done. told me, "He's like, I'm done. I'm done doing that to animals. I'm done. I'm done with me." And then and then the day after, like like so after he became vegan, probably one month after I became yeah. vegan. And then we would just, yeah. And then I was really grateful and I'm really grateful that I'm not, that I did, didn't have to, to like put pressure on him. And I'm happy that I did not as well. So just things just went really quickly. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really grateful and I'm really lucky. Um, but yeah. And then from then on, like we were a team in that and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. And yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about more like the the physical things that happened and you obviously got into after after that you got into running yep um so yeah can you talk about like what you experienced physically and like the health benefits of so i had always been a runner like i went when i was younger i was actually i was um i was i think i was doing better in track than in speed skating so i was doing like 800 meter uh like at, at the age of 15, I ran a 219, 800 meter. I was a pretty good runner, yeah. but all my friends went speed skating. So I decided to just follow speed skating, the speed skating route, but I've always loved running and I was been good at it. And then when I quit speed skating and then I did, I had a short stint. I did like a one bikini competition, but I'm not even going to, it was just not my thing. <laughs> really well, not my thing. We did do it together. So yeah. It was like, a, like, it physique, was a, like physique? Yeah. For me, it was just yeah. bikini, but even yeah. prancing around, just not, not my, not my thing really. Like it's just, I major respect to girls do it, but to yeah. me, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I needed, I still needed that structure. So I said, all right, let's, train for for my first marathon so i i just got a program of the internet from uh, runner's world and i i had in my mind like well i I knew that oprah ran a marathon in 405 so i was like oprah Oprah, Oprah, really yeah years did she really that's that's pretty quick i know and i was like (laughs) okay if oprah ran a marathon in 405 i need to run under 345 yeah so i was like so I, I, I trained for like three months. I went from like running just twice a week to like train for three months 
and just really like I was exactly doing like my program like the runner's well program like every single day just followed followed to a T and I and I had signed up for the the Melbourne Marathon and that's after being a vegan for about two years and and I like with three three months of training I ran at 325 so wow. right away qualified for Boston so but didn't, didn't run yeah, Boston yeah, but wow. uh, like just to give, put in perspective like uh so I was like, wow, that's, and I just got the bug from then on. Like I, right away the day after I signed up for my first ultra, uh, it was a 56K race. It was a trail race. And again, I purchased the program of <laughs> the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and it was, I didn't know, little did I know it was the Australian, two two, the two base trail race. It's beautiful in the Mornington Peninsula, probably still one of my favorite race ever. And, and again, like I didn't know, like I bought this pack and I didn't even know how to run, like, you know, like those, um, those camelback things, camel I didn't even yeah. know how to use the, like the they gym. say never use new stuff on, on, on race day. Well, I didn't even know, <laughs> my friend had to help me like 10 seconds before the race. It's just funny. And I didn't, little did I know it was the Australians trail championships and I finished fourth. Wow. Uh, fourth female. So, and these <clears throat> were all girls who've been running for years and I, I did it with my, with my programs. <laughs> right, from, and yeah, as I said, like, it was just, and I had like, what, five months of training in my legs. Um, but then again, you can say like, I train years and years at a high level. In yeah. Yeah. So what, what extent is this, you know, the plant-based diet on one side and what extent is yes. this like your competitive like super i i have good you know. dna like i was sick as my uh, my my, <laughs> my i think so like my uh, my grandmother's um surname was prefontaine like uh like like pre like the runner yeah. so i was like <laughs> and my dad and my maiden name is benoit like okay. joanne benoit the like the first uh, i think she won the marathon at the olympics so i say look at me i <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got good yeah. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> by 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 surname, there you go. But um, yeah, I think I think there's a bit of that. But if you t- like, I was not showing any kind of good athleticism when I came back to speed skating, and I couldn't even recover, and I had just had a bad diet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can I can really see a huge difference, like in in then and in achieving, and now I'm in my 30s, I'm almost in my mid-30s, and I recover, like, I just ran a 100k race, um, Tarawera, and the next day, she was, I was just fine like, she was normal, around. I've, and within, I'd say, I, I so was, so 100k, in, what's 100k in miles? 62 miles, 62, yeah, Oof. yeah, she was just normal, like, I was like, you just ran 100k, like, you just ran 62 miles, and she was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a bit, so I've lost a few toenails, yeah. but, yeah, quite a few, <laughs> yeah. no biggie, like but uh, yeah, no, it's and yeah, it just went from there. So I just got the bug, and I was just this like exactly what I was looking for the the structure and the competitiveness as well. Like I remember the two bays, I was catching a I was catching a girl, uh, I was catching up a girl, and I just felt I was like I felt the thrill that I felt when I was speed skating mm. and I was in a race and I, and then I I just love this game as well that you know I was like okay I need to keep the distance with her for a little while I need to, for her to know that I'm there and then. And then just when I finally got her and then ran and then took and then get, put a gap on her and everything. And I was just like, I'm alive again. Like, it's just, it just felt so good. And since then, like, I've been doing a few 50Ks, a few a few road marathons again. I, I did my second 100K. And just, just, just a little bit of a 
background like the 100k was just after we got our little girl like sienna really yeah. how, how long after 11 months 11 months uh, 10 months postpartum 10, 10 months yeah. postpartum so yeah and also I we um, yeah that's crazy <laughs> that yeah. in crazy. the mix I had a baby <laughs> yeah because uh, yeah, when I was here last you had just had sienna yeah. yeah and you were you weren't even getting back into you weren't running yet I don't I, think or you were just starting to I think to. I just started yeah. I don't remember what month you came in but I yeah, started I running May. one Oh my god, yeah. So I was barely just. I started running one month postpartum because I didn't really run while I was pregnant. Uh, the last 20 weeks, um, first it felt wrong. Like it's just like, I don't know, it's just press on your bladder and everything. And I had a bit of worries and everything. So I didn't have the active pregnancy that I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, so it was like starting almost from scratch. Like the f So I one month postpartum. Like And again, I, I really think that the plant-based diet helped me um, recover really quick um, I but at the same time as well I had a natural birth and everything so that helps but yeah one month I was fine but I only started uh, training properly I think three or four months postpartum at first it was just going for sh like short runs and just going a bit more a bit more a bit more but then then I started structurally the the structure like structured training three or four months postpartum yeah and I ran a few ten k races uh, a twenty k in Brunei so we traveled to Brunei was. and then um, so I ran my first marathon after Siena in December the Standard Charter uh, yeah. here in Singapore and I called my time like I I beated my time that I that I um, did postpartum uh, prepartum wow. <laughs> pre, wow, pre pregnancy yeah. so to me that was a major <clears throat> yeah. I was really happy just to know that like I was like wow I I, yeah. I didn't think it was possible but uh, yeah so and also yeah. Tara Wera I think you were about twelve or thirty minutes away I think you 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 were six female. Six yes. female. I finished six female. Six female, yeah. and, and it, it was, was a very, <laughs> very competitive yeah. race. They, the the guy said it was the most competitive Philly scene, and it's one of the major ultras. I feel like I'm like blowing my trumpet there, but no, no, but it's yeah. true. You know, it, it is what it's it is. Crazy, yeah, it is. It is exactly. The fifth or Speech fourth was itself. like how many minutes? I was of... really close from fifth and fourth. Like I, if, I'm pretty sure that with more, I, I never know because these these were amazing girls as well. Like, yeah. Um, but I was pretty close, so I maybe with more training in my legs. But maybe, maybe it was just it was just an amazing race as well. It was raining the whole time, so it was super muddy. Mm. Um, so it was a, a big. Um, it, it was just great, and and also I need to add that I know for sure that the girl who finished first, Kelly Wolf from America, and the girl who finished fifth, Luke Lifton, are also vegans. So mm. three out of wow. six. For sure. Um, yeah. 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 It's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah. And I don't think this would have been the case 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious. I got a question relationship-wise. Yeah. So I ta I've talked about this before on this podcast, and there's a part in my, in my book about this. But when I transitioned to a plant-based diet, mm -hmm. uh, similar to you guys, you know, Courtney and I had been dating for maybe two years mm -hmm. before. And um, I just remember this like calmness that mm -hmm. came over me. Yeah. And it's very hard to explain. And when you when I tell it to people that haven't experienced it, they don't they don't get it. Mm -hmm. But I found myself in situations where normally I would have like that short fuse. Yeah. And I'd my kind of general 
and God bless Courtney for, you know, like staying with me and dealing with me, you know, during my older times. Um, but when we would, she'd come to come, you know, home after a long day at work and be like kind of venting or or complaining about something. And I used to just like, I'm out of here. Like, you know, I'd, I'd walk away or I'd just be like, just, you know, stop being negative, blah, blah, blah. I just have this like short fuse. And I had been doing plant-based for like three weeks. She comes home after one of those days. And I will just, I'll never forget it because it was like such a real thing. Yeah. Where instead of being my normal self and pissed off and, you know, storming out of the room, like I, for the first time, literally in our relationship, I sat there and I listened to what she had to say. I supported her and I... It was just this weird, and I remember thinking, yeah. like, why am I so calm? Why, why am I being receptive here, right? And uh, I'll never forget, she wow. just breached across and hugged yeah. me. Uh-huh. First time, like, ever I had had an exchange yeah. like that. That may sound, sound like a little uh, shallow or something, no, but, I'm like, the first time I really sat and truly listened, right, wow. to someone else's problems. And... 100% for me was whether it was, you know, it was the, it was the diet, 100%, but whether it was getting the, the energy or the cruelty or whatever yeah. off my plate, but it was very real. Yeah. And um, so, long question there, but yeah. <laughs> um, how has it impacted your relationship? Have you guys experienced, like, anything... I think I along think, those lines I think for me really is um, I mean I agree with you because whatever I believe energy doesn't dissipate <clears throat> energy just you know you eat the energy in that sense if an animal dies you know you do consume the energy at some level mm. um, whether you like it whether you're aware of it or not but I find that a lot of times when we do have, I mean, as with any couple, we do have disagreements. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, it's just part, <laughs> part and parcel of it, uh, no matter how perfect the relationship is. But I think what I found with myself is compared to previous relationships, I find that I can, I'm a lot more aware of my ego coming through. It's like, okay, I know I just want to be right. But back in the day, I just continue wanting to be right, wanting to be a certain way. But a lot of a lot of times when I feel that and I may go on this little bit of a rant but after a while I realize okay and then I'll walk over and just if smile he, he hugs me like whenever we fight like he's like oh okay let's, <laughs> let's just let's just let's uh, just forget right. it I'm the feisty one and I would lie if I would say that going on a plant-based diet has changed he's pretty feisty it's, it's funny because when, when you you flipped at me I think was it a oh gosh I flipped a few times on one time me. I was like the only time I took um, like one thing um, uh, rice alcohol for Caucasians does not work and the only ever time that I that I blacked out on alcohol was um, social so it was a Korean Korean, Korean alcohol. alcohol. I just thought, and then I just, she shouted at me in, in French. French. I was just like, "Why are you saying? I don't understand." In the middle of the street in yeah. Littleburg Street, I was just like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" What... It hasn't happened since we went vegan. So yeah, there well, you there go. you go. There is there is, there is the proof there. But uh, I'm I'm pretty feisty. Um, I I don't know if I believe the whole astrology thing, but I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Leo, so and I think I'm I'm quite. I'm quite like it. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very feisty. 
Um, and our little girl is showing like she's gonna be as well. She's pretty yeah. <laughs> she's, she's falling in her mum's foot. Yeah, so it's so so that's a that's a great segue. Can we get into so you have how old is Sienna now? Eleven months. Almost. Yeah. She's turning one on the twenty first of March. Okay. Yeah. So and you have raised her hundred percent plant based. Hundred mm-hmm. percent vegan. She's mm-hmm. vegan. Yes. From really? so conception. Yep. So can we get into that in? Just kind of maybe the experience there and if, you know, you feel like there's anything for some reason. I mean, of course, like, I'm sure you guys did too. I grew up on milk and yeah. meat and, of course. you know, I, you know, I, I drank cow's milk from, yep. you know, the second I was born until, yeah. you know, I was 25. Yeah. Um, but yeah, can we get into kind of the experience there and like, did you... You guys had obviously been living the lifestyle for, you know, I would say four or five, five years. years. So we've been vegan since 2012, I think. Yeah, yeah. 2012. So yeah, so I, when I got pregnant, it was not even a question in my mind yeah. that I was gonna have a pregnant, uh, a vegan pregnancy. Yeah. I knew it. Like it was not even. I was not even. I was not even questioning it. Yeah. And I, I chose my OB because I had seen her previously just for a regular uh, gynecologic exam, and she. I remember she asked me. My, my family uh, history and my dad uh, died of um, a few years ago, two years ago, my dad died of uh, bladder cancer and I mentioned it and I said that my mom had had um, cervical cancer. So I was, you know, obviously it's always been behind my mind as well. So she said, ah, you don't really have to worry, to be honest, you look healthy. And, and she's like, just be careful with barbecued meat. And I was just like, Oh, I don't eat barbecued meat. I'm, I'm, I'm a vegan. And she was like, oh, that's good. That's good. You know? oh, so yeah. she said that, and we're in Singapore. Yeah. So, and she's uh, this older Chinese lady. So I was just like, wow, okay. So right away I had that in mind. And right away when I got pregnant, I said, I'm going to go with Dr. Tan, which she's not related to, to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's <laughs> rare. Because I know women that literally their doctors of course. Yeah, will say... You need to up your protein intake yeah. during pregnancy. You need to, she, you know. She was a little that's bit. Awesome. So when I got pregnant and everything, <clears> she knew. And I, it, it was noted in her thing that I was a vegan. She mm, she was a little, a little bit annoyed uh, because she's like, oh, how are you going to get your calcium? So she was asking me to drink a bit of milk. And I said, no, I won't. I said, I drink soy milk when I drink milk. But yeah. I said, don't worry like about it. like have a cup it. of collard greens. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like. It, get your calcium exactly yeah. I'm, I'm getting it from plenty of places whatever so she started and she was seeing how well the pregnancy was going like it was over, o- overall pr- pretty pretty smooth no problems and she was seeing like out just perfectly I was gaining weight not too much and I think she kind of laid off yeah. as well partly because we, we, we were featured oh on, yeah we were featured, featured in the Straits Times Straits Times <laughs> in the local paper like we were on the Sunday paper like smack bang first page yeah. of that particular section was it like was it like a vegan pregnancy article or what was yes, it was, yes yeah it yes. was, it okay. was okay. vegan ve- like Being different vegan. people who, who lived uh, vegan lives here yeah. and it was saying like that we were gonna raise our child vegan then I got really scared that people here would like l- send hate letters say and what stuff, are you doing like, to your children gonna, yeah, 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 child right. or something. Right. So I was a bit nervous, but then nothing. And then only had like people like, hey, I saw you guys on the paper, whatever. But yeah, I think she realized that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. And when she was, every time she was talking to me, I would come up with like medical terms and everything. And she was like, actually like, okay, the girl okay. reads, the girl, you know, the girl is, knows what she's doing. I, like, she backed off. Yeah, yeah. She backed off. Even then, even then she was really not that bad. Um, so the, and that I had that on my side. 
and then just completely not but I just need to mention it so when I told his mom she his mom my mother-in-law asked Who, who's who's your OB and I said oh it's Dr. W.K. Tan from uh, Thompson and she said oh she delivered Luke so she delivered me wow <laughs> 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 yeah, talk about talk so about coincidence no that's yeah. kind of weird like uh, yeah. when you just think about it but uh, meant that's to be. Yeah. yeah that's uh, meant to be exactly <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, so pregnant, uh, so vegan the whole time. As I said, I gained just the right amount of weight. Didn't even have to worry about it, um, and it just went. I just are, went I super intuitive. Yeah. I was just eating what I felt like, um, and it really when you look at how the baby grows and what it needs, like I was just craving exactly what. So the first trimester, you know, there's a lot of building, whatever, and I just felt like much more protein. So I was having like a lot of tempeh and and. I used to eat a lot of fruits before I got pregnant. Now it's just I was just craving like some berries here and there, but I was just mostly craving like beans, beans and and like a lot of protein. And then and then second trimester I was I was in in third it was more just fats. And then you read I was like oh well, that's when the baby's brain is forming, so you need that. And mm. it was just crazy. I was just my body was just craving the exact. It was right telling thing. you what yeah. what you needed what? Yeah. to build. And you I'm sure were so much more in touch oh, yeah. than oh, the average oh, absolutely. woman, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah, with, sure. with that feeling. Yeah, you know? I, that's why I'm, uh, I know I need to be careful when I tell people just listen to you because some people say, well, my body yeah. wants Big Macs. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was just like, exactly. Yeah. I need a hit of heroin, you know, yeah. that's what my instinct's yeah. telling me. Yeah. It's so, I'm, yeah. Cause yeah. I say, but it's taken years and years yeah. for me because I had, like, we skipped that, but I had years and years of really disordered eating and everything and for me, it's moving to Australia and just tripping out everything in my life that really got me back in touch with my body and like really being able. And then a plant-based diet just got me like so close to, now I just, I don't even worry. Like and even like postpartum as well, I just listen to myself and I used to not have any oil and be, I still don't, but less, I, I started adding it a little bit, cook more with oil and, and then According to Chinese medicine, that's exactly what you need to do. But that's also what I felt. Yeah. Like I needed to have some kind of fat more. And it, it, it just felt so natural. And I never felt in a way, oh, what am I doing? And so I felt guilty about it. I just listened to what I feel, listened to my body. And it just tells me exactly what I need to do. And now I'm breastfeeding. I'm still breastfeeding. And that's another thing as well. Sienna is fully breastfed uh, from the beginning. And and yes, it's vegan. There's always people who ask. Are <laughs> 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 you a bit hypocritical? Uh, is it isn't <clears throat> it a bit hypocritical to give your daughter like is isn't it not vegan? And I'm just like, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> what we're meant to have. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So also still breastfeeding, so still having to eat, and plus I'm training sometimes up to more than 100k, so more than 60, 70 miles a week. So yeah, I still need a lot of energy, and yeah, it's just I just, I just listen to what I need. Yeah, yeah. Jen is absolutely energetic, yeah. bubbly, and and for that know. she's not lacking a damn thing. No, yeah. we introduced solids. I but I mean, there's always I know there's there's always these horror stories of like yeah this this baby this vegan baby died or this vegan baby was yeah. there are some really Spongous, dumb vegan yeah. parents who just will give like uh, juice to their kids and like um, you know. yeah and the, and the parents themselves who yeah. are breastfeeding or eating 
Yeah. yeah. Vegan junk food. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's exactly. what happens in those cases. Or the extreme, like super raw vegans who just give like sprouts and whatever. Like yeah. it's not or but yes, there are these but how many omnivore parents are just taking their kids to Macca's from the McDonald's oh. from the age of six months, you know yeah. what I mean? So is that better? Like we put like I've seen I've seen kids with Coca Cola and in their baby bottles. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. So obviously I read a lot about it. I I even I looked at the work of a non-vegan dietitian nutritionist because I needed to see what are the basics, what I need to respect, what what are the few rules that I need to feed a baby. And I just look as I said, I every meal has to have a high source of of iron. That's what's important with baby mm. babies. So that's what I thought. So every meal she has either beans or tofu or uh, some like oats, or, like a good a good whole grain. Everything I always make sure that this is the case. Always had some vegetables, and I always and and she always finishes up with a little fruit because the vitamin C helps her. Um, absorb the, absorb the, the iron better mm, yeah. um, so I always think of these things <clears> and I just construct <throat> that and yeah I just give her a good variety of uh, fruits and vegetables uh, we've been doing mostly baby led weaning with her so she, she eats like big big pieces and she feeds herself now she now she's jealous about plates yeah <laughs> but yeah she eats anything um if she doesn't like something it will be back in her plate tomorrow like i do not want a picky child <laughs> so so she and yeah she's she loves eat, eating she she, she loves broccoli well. and, and yeah broccoli i think it's her fave and uh blackberries um, mm-hmm. Which is a bit unlucky because it's very expensive here. <laughs> Especially the organic ones. And I yeah. think we try and get organics because obviously berries are quite sprayed. Mm. Generally, non berries. Um, so we try and get organic. Yeah, and organic it's like $7 for, for a little. Uh, yeah, for a little yeah I was planet. actually. I was at some organic mart today that I walked to. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there were blueberries, like a little thing of blueberries, yeah. Yeah. organic blueberries for like eight bucks. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> probably not going to get those. Yeah. <laughs> Just for Sienna, like I would not even, I would not buy that for myself. But she, it's her favorite. Um, yeah, she likes uh, all kinds of fruit. We just introduced mangoes, but she loves her favorite as well as uh, dragon, dragon fruit. fruits. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it's just to me, it's just easy. But you need to like anything, like introducing solid for omnivores as well. They need to look into it and yeah. see. Same thing for us. I don't see any difference. I don't think you have to be more careful. Plus, she she's on breast milk, so she's still being fed the absolute ideal food for a baby yeah so yeah I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried I just take care of myself make sure that my milk is good and yeah just respect the few little rules and and that's it yeah that's mm. awesome mm. that's awesome so what uh you have a race coming up yeah uh, in June well I'm gonna do probably like a a, a, marath- a shorter I was gonna see a shorter race but a marathon in between but uh in June I'm going to the Gold Coast in Australia I'm running a road 100k so my first ever road 100k wow uh, I'm gonna try to go on the eight hour and a half for the 100k um it's a what is that car. what does that come out to out of curiosity mile wise for 100k so I know it would be around five minute kilometers. Uh, yeah. So Do you know what that is? Mile? I don't know. Seven. <laughs> seven. It's under eight. It's under oh, eight yeah, minute yeah, mile. Yeah, way under eight. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, seven something. A hundred. So sixty. About sixty-two six, miles. Sixty-two miles under an eight minute mile. Yes. Yes. 
That's just ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it as well. Being a strength guy. I, I think uh, you should see the world record. I think she's it's like <clears throat> six something I calculated. It was a six something minute mile. Yeah. For, that's for women and men. It's like even. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And Luke, what's on the horizon? So what's on the horizon, really? I mean, I mentioned briefly, like about the launch and online program. Um, not going to mention too much about it, but also planning for the 2018 summit, uh, which is pretty cool with my good friend Toby. You know, 2017 summit was uh, we had such a great response, and we got a such a awesome community as well. So planning for 2018, um, we've got already some almost about uh, 20 speakers from different um, backgrounds, but we're, it's it's going to be very very structured. I think um, on on very very specific topics as well. So. More, more information on that will be released a little bit later. And I think the big thing that is coming up is myself. I'm running a Spartan race, a Spartan sprint, which is on the same day as um, a crew which is coming down from the UK. Um, they're part of the, the crew. They're, they're filming World Meet Free Week across a few countries in the world. I think once in Sweden, once in UK, once in US. I'm not sure where else is where else they're filming, but we are rep, Emily and I are representing the. Um, I mean, Emily's very South. She looks very Asian, so. She's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so. Is so representing the, yeah, the Asian the, the Asian is yeah. Southeast Asia, and mm. basically they wanna wanna in, have a short feature on us about I think it's a five eight minute feature, in line with the launch of World Meet Free Week to feature our story as athlete parents um, and also a bit about my race and also Emily running. So, um, and I think the whole purpose of that is to inspire people to, to consider going plant-based. Mm. Um, and, and I think uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. And so that's that. And then uh, I think other than that is just being parents, I would mm. say being parents and trying to balance it all for myself, being an entrepreneur, I mean, we're, we're in my office right now, but just trying to find balance. As you know, being an entrepreneur, it's a 24-7 gig. Um, it's, you know, it's... Yeah, there's no, there's no there's going no, home at just, 5 p.m. Exactly. and turning it off. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, and, and I think is that, I'm sure you agree with this, but when you're mission and passion and purpose driven, it's kind of the fuel that you have. And, and I think for me, it's about getting this message out there and getting people on this lifestyle. And, and what I love is championing people to, to thrive in this lifestyle because I believe it is, it is the future on, on many counts, on, you know, from a, from, from the, for the animals, for the environment, for health, for fitness. And as you can see, you know, in the last five years, the whole movement has just really gone gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And even towards the end of the year, I mean, recently from the ground up was just released mm -hmm. uh, on plant-based athletes. And, and it's really exciting to see game changes coming out later this that's year gonna as well. Yeah, that is yeah, going to be really that's going to change. That is going to be yes, huge. So I mean, it's, it's going to it's yeah. they couldn't have chosen a better word, yeah. uh, a better um, term. Like, I'm I'm friends with um, one of the athletes on there, Dotsy Bausch. Um, she started the the World Plant Milk, I think Plant Milk Challenge. Dotsy Bausch uh, was a Olympic medalist cyclist, cyclist as well. Really, really lovely lady and. Um, I'm chatting with um, David Goldman, who is the scientific advisor for the Game Changer. So just getting to know what, getting an idea of what the whole Game Changer film is about is just really exciting. And just, that's just going to propel the movement to the stratosphere. Yeah, no doubt. No and, doubt. and I think, as we know, it, so many startups, are, it's, a, it's a really exciting time for, for the movement. And I think, uh, like I was chatting earlier, we really need to start focusing on solutions and f helping people and, 
and not so much judgment because I know in that sense you know we, we I, I personally have been to forums where it's it's like a, it's like a war within the forum war of words war of comments but I think we all need we all on the same cause we're, we're all on the same team in that sense we want to work alongside each other and of course we got one end with the activists and and like I shared earlier we've got on the other end the, 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 the venture capitalists and the corporations we need to all work together and work towards a common cause because there is just so much there's so much um, there's so much out there and, and you know there's enough for everyone I think yeah. we need to get out of that competitive mindset <clears throat> and just work alongside each other for a greater cause and and I mean, they, you know, they always say that, you know, uh, all right, well, Mother Earth, you know, we need to care about the planet. And I think that's all cute and all, you know, if Mother Earth decides to, decides to just flip the switch, it's like, all right, guys, humans, I'm done with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Mass extinction. Yeah. It's, it's really out. We're walking, up, we're, we're walking to our own graves yeah. because, you know, the, the, the Earth has been here for billions of years. The yeah, Earth it's going to survive. It's going to survive us. without yeah. us. Yeah. We are the cancer of yeah. the planet. So we are really we are really walking to our own grace, but I think it's great to see the movement happening and people are starting to be more conscious. I think partly because of social media and a lot of these documentaries and passionate people like yourself, um, in that sense, myself and a lot of in local communities, animal allies, um, all around the world, all, around the world yeah. um, all spreading, sharing the same message. And I, I'm excited. I'm I, I'm I, I'm optimistic. Um, and I guess you got to be sometimes, you know, yeah. the, you, know <laughs> yeah. you got, you got to be and, you, and, and hopefully, uh, good over evil in that sense. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you have children, because yeah, you, it's not just about us put a new life in, totally. in on the earth and you hoping <clears throat> for that person to, uh, for that new life to have a good future in front of exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. So to somebody that wants to give this plant-based thing a try, that's listening, that mm. is new to this whole thing. What's the first step they can take tomorrow morning to, to head in that direction? Uh, depending, because as, as we said, like Luke went overnight. Uh, I went pretty much, it took one, me one week. Yeah. But I would say, you know, like, go with what you prefer. So you can go bit by bit and just, um, you know, like uh, increase the amount of plant food and then start leaving aside some of the animal product. But I think the best way is to get yourself a good cookbook that you mm. really like and just start making recipes out of it yeah. and then you start making your own recipes giving them a, a twist of your own and just to see like what's a good plant-based because any uh, recommendations the, on a cookbook okay um i really love like dog's kitchen yeah 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 that was that was one of the first ones courtney and i bought yeah and it's funny because they like swear yeah i love it yeah you know as a good french canadian like it's great part of my life um i really like the plant power way Mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Rich, Rich Roll yeah. and Julie Pyatt. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. And I have this one. It's called the Gluten-Free Vegan. And it's the first one that I bought. I'm not gluten... I, I used to be gluten-free and that's another thing. When I became a vegan and uh, within a few years, I my gluten sensitivity pretty much went. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I still I still eat quite, like, quite gluten-free. And yeah, the, it's called the Gluten-Free Vegan. And I just order it and it's super simple. And like I did so much out of it. And it's just like risottos and like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just super easy. Mm. Um, yeah. So these three would be probably my, my, my go-tos and yeah. And I started making my own recipes and just going online and everything. But I feel if you do not have recipes, you panic. Cause you're like, you've been your whole life. You've been making like 
uh, steak, veggies, and, and potatoes, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, well, what am yeah, I? You doing? go back into that kind of rhythm. It's like changing like the the habit of what you buy when exactly. you go to the grocery exactly. store, and if you have like that oh, list to yeah. that that you know couple yeah. meals, like yeah. we're just we're we're habitual. Exactly. Yeah. And now like you're I just gotta say, change the habit. Yeah, exactly. Now I would say I mostly just like my favorite. I would eat every day. I would eat uh, rice, beans, and and veggies yeah. mixed together with with a guacamole. Like I I absolutely love that kind of stuff. I'm really simple, but you know sometimes you just need to be a bit more fancy. Um, but yeah, you get you get to know what because the danger is not to eat enough uh, or to find that boring. And there's a lot of people who just don't know what to do, so just eat salad. Yeah, uh, right. salad can be good, but you need a lot of it, and yeah. you need and it needs to be substantial, not just a few pieces of lettuce. So that's that's the the risk that a lot of people people who fail in a plant based diet is usually because they're not, not eating enough. Not enough calories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for exactly. me, I think uh, like three tips really. <clears throat> the first tip really is to add rather than subtract because I think we live in you know if you have that 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 mindset of deprivation, you feel like oh I can't eat meat, I can't eat fish, like oh my what else can I eat? But have a have a mindset of uh, well what else can I have? So meaning that uh, like possibly if you're having oats, can I have Put more plant-based foods in your diet. For example, if you're having, um, say, your, your traditional bacon eggs, maybe you have more spinach on top of everything, add more quinoa or whatever it is, start adding more plant-based foods, adding more berries. And I think that works in two ways. First, it adds nutrients into the food, extra phytonutrients and fiber into your food, but also it makes you more conscious of what you eat. So really focus on adding more plant-based foods versus eliminating because automatically when you start adding more plant-based foods in um, nutrient-dense plant-based foods um, automatically you're going to crowd out the bad stuff mm. so the next tip is to find mm. out who inspires you if, if you're in it for health and fitness perspective you know find out if there's a bodybuilder or a runner or anyone look up their instagram look up their blog look up their website see what they're doing and i be, because i've studied nlp before it's about modeling success you want to see how they think how they feel what they what they eat and then once you model what they do you can kind of emulate their results so i think really modeling success is uh, the next tip and the thing the, the third tip is just to find support. So there's a ton of support groups out there. Um, like we have a support group, the Plant Fit Movement. Um, and also I know there's other support groups like Evolving Alpha, Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness, Vegan, body, vegan Nutrition. There's so many out there. Um, just reach out and we can point you in the right direction. But get support because, uh, I mean, these days it's a lot easier compared to five, ten years ago. Um, but when you actually, uh, when you actually have like-minded people around you and for example someone did a post okay i just learned plant-based what recipe books people just that, that, people that, just that, go that, yeah. and and she, that that girl that, that did the post like oh my goodness there's like i need to go through every single comment that's that's so awesome so really those are the three tips um find uh, find inspiration get support add not subtract Mm. Those are the, mm. my three main tips. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, we're we're getting a little over an hour here, so <laughs> so before the last one, uh, yeah. where can people reach out? Um, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram uh, at Emily Endurance Runner. Uh, Emily is uh, with an I E at the end, not a Y. Um, yeah, so that's I post quite often on there. Very eclectic posts. <laughs> cat, cat babies. Cat food. babies. Uh, and running. Food running is, <laughs> is uh, and then I'm I'm on Facebook as well. I do not have an athlete page. Um, eventually, uh, you will. yeah, eventually because I'm kind of running out of uh, 
room for friends. Um, but yeah, we, I'm, I'm on the forum as well. But yeah, in, uh, Instagram is my main. Cool. And Instagram, kind of your go-to? For me, for me right now, yeah, in that sense, uh, at leaf, Live Green, Live Lean, and my, our website, livegreenlivelean.com. Um, and also, like, I'm on the forum quite a bit, um, Plant Fit Movement Forum on Facebook, and my personal profile, are Pace. I'm quite eclectic. I think, I think recently there's been a lot of posts on Sienna's mm. progress from walking to eating beans to, to a whole <laughs> host of other things. But I think Facebook personal profile, at Live, Live Green, Live Lean, um, our website, and just on the forum. Mm. So, you know, uh, for me, I, I love connecting with people from all around the world and seeing people succeed and thrive. Um, and for me, their success is my success as well. So for me, I, I take value and I take inspiration in the success of others. So I'm sure it's the same for you as well. You know, when someone says, I've been following you for a while and you now I've done this and you just feel that sense of, uh, that sense of, uh, achievement. Well, not really achievement, but like, wow, okay. That's I'm making, yeah. a, I'm making difference. a difference. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Uh, before the last one, I just want to say thank you guys again thank you. for thank welcoming you. me in here. Yep. And, uh, you, you guys are obviously serious inspirations to many, I'm sure. I hope uh, so. Emily with your, with your running, I mean, you're, you're a beast, <laughs> She an is. absolute beast. Hunter. She's Luke, a hunter. you're, you're, you know, 10 years older than me kicking my ass today. Like you, you yeah. guys are just, you know, you guys are doing, <laughs> well, granted you that are, you're jet lag. And <laughs> no, no, don't give me excuses. Don't jet lag and it's 35 to 33 degrees outside. <laughs> so I'm used to it. So, but, but yeah, it was great having you again. Uh, but yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. I will always enjoy having you Absolutely. over. Absolutely. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Well, so this podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. I've asked this one to you before, Luke. Yeah. Uh, but I believe eating green, living, living vegan puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I want to do in my life. And make green is kind of how I define my goal at any particular time. Mm -hmm. um, so I would ask you, what does make green mean to you? Why do you, at the end of the day, live a vegan lifestyle? At the end of the day, um, like if you would tell me right now that I can run any, there would be proof and they would, that I can run faster and if I was eating some animal products, uh, I would still not go back to eating meat or animal products um, because... Since going vegan, I really feel, as I said previously, like I am true to myself. And that's what to me it is. I, just being true to my own self as an animal lover, as somebody who cares about the planet, um, you cannot eat animal products if you're an animal lover or an environmentalist. And that's what, that's what I feel. Mm. I'm just being true to myself. Mm. And Luke, has, it, has your answer changed? Uh, I think <laughs> for me, for me, really right now, making green is... You know, it has been an incredible journey for me. Um, I mean, back in many years ago, I think I mentioned briefly in my the other podcast about suffering from depression to where I am right now, from being an athlete, being a coach, to now being an entrepreneur. I, I believe that um, you know, it's we need to move out of out of that scarcity mindset, and and it's about collective mentality because I believe in making green is conscious capitalism. So meaning that. Yeah, we, it's, it, we live in a monetary kind of environment, a monetary society. So making green means um, creating solutions for a better world. So that could mean um, improving communities, um, improving, um, improving um, uh, adding more 
sustainable methods of farming. And I think it all starts, it really starts from what you eat, really it, because what we eat, as I always say, is a combination of our values and beliefs for ourselves and the world at large. So when you actually make a conscious choice for what you choose to have on your plate each and every single meal, it's a vote for change. Mm. And it's affected me on so many levels from a spiritual, physical, mental, philosophical, spiritual, I think I mentioned spiritual twice. <laughs> so extremely spiritual. spiritual. <laughs> Ultra spiritual. Ultra duper, you know, super duper spiritual. But yeah, I think it's affected me on so many levels and it's allowed me to connect, connect with so many yeah. inspirational um, loving and compassionate people around the world and even with you is this uh, serendipity you know as we you know in that sense you know first the animal allies and now here we are again we had a good workout and of course a lot of the doctors with plant fit summit um, it's just yeah. amazing so I think um, making green is is really um, uh, uh, the future mm. for, for on, on many counts mm. from my point of view thank you guys thank you thank you, thank you.